Hello Faith Companions and welcome to yet another episode of the Kingdom Personified Podcast, where we tackle faith-based conversations and teachings designed to nurture our kingdom nature. I'm your host Pearl and I am super excited for today's episode. Today we are talking about one of the most... um, I don't know what to call it, but it's it's a topic that has profoundly transformed my way of thinking and perceiving everything in my life. At first, grappling with the concept of enduring struggles and persecution was a challenge for me. But thanks to this new perspective that God has gifted me, my mindset has shifted and I am living differently. Before we begin, I want to kindly ask you to like, comment, share, subscribe, engage with all the good stuff, and just give me some love, okay? (laughs) So, in today's episode, we're talking about the eternal perspective, which to me feels like comfort food. You know, comfort food is sort of like the thing that reminds you of home when you're living in a foreign land. And this is exactly what it is for me. Having an eternal perspective of my home is like eating from straight from heaven, right? Just the perception and the anticipation of a magnificent place awaiting us where there's no pain no sorrow no hunger no fear no tears no trauma like can you believe it it makes me yearn to be home as soon as possible the thought of being in heaven rejoicing and at peace in the presence of our loving father man it's it blows my mind away Right, so the first scripture I'd like us to look at comes from Ecclesiastes 3:11, and it says, He has made everything appropriate in its time, He has also set eternity in their heart, without the possibility that mankind will find out the work which God has made from the beginning, even to the end. So We definitely have a sense of eternity in our lives. We possess an inner knowledge that there is something far more to life than what we see and experience in the here and now, right? So because it says we don't have the possibility to find out the work which God has done from the beginning, it can really be tough for us to fathom um, the concept of eternity and the promise of a heavenly life. But inside, when you truly do an introspection, you realize that eternity is embedded inside of us, inside of each and every one of us, all right? So it is crucial for us to be aware of eternity because it will one day be fulfilled. And 
you do not want to be a person who lived with the perception of an eight-year, 90-year lifespan in earth, on earth rather than your entire eternity. So what I would like us to have a look at first is the eternal perspective, right? What it means to have an eternal perspective. This means that we are seeing our lives and our world in the light of eternity. It's recognizing that our time on earth is just a tiny fragment of the eternal tapestry. This helps us to set spiritual priorities, to seek God's kingdom above all, and to understand that our actions here have everlasting significance. Ever wondered what you'd do in the first billion years of eternity? <laughs> well, that's a thought that challenges our earthly minds. And that's because we are constrained in time, right? We living in time and it's hard for us to think of something that is everlasting and non-ending, right? But the truth is we'll be living beyond a billion years. We'll be living forever and ever and ever and ever, right? Our time on earth is nothing compared to eternity that awaits us. And I would love for us to have a perspective that embraces our eternity more than it embraces our current life on earth. I, for one, used to fear the idea of heaven. I would picture myself as some kind of cherubim, angel, singing praises all day and night. And it felt a bit monotonous right i mean i i love worshiping the lord i love serving god but you know for, for a certain period in my life i felt like i didn't want to go to heaven because i would have to be in a state of constant worship and constant singing and never-ending kind of just like worshiping the lord right which is not a bad thing but i never saw the good side of eternity i never saw living a life and the fullness and the extent to which eternal life actually has for us and this is actually so far from the truth because the idea of heaven and the new earth in eternity is completely different from what the word of God actually says. So in Revelations 21, 5, it says, And the one seated on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Then he said, Write this down, for these words are faithful and true. So please bear in mind that it says, I make all things new, not all new things, right? So there's a difference. And the difference is that all things means the existing things that we know and not new things, right? 
all things new and not all new things. So the earth as we know it will be renewed. Our God is a restorer and his original plan, which he began from the beginning of the world, is not going to be crashed because the enemy came and tried to ruin everything. No, he's going to ruin the enemy and not his creation. So the earth is going to be made new as we know it. We are going to have glorious bodies as we know ourselves. We'll be able to recognize other people, recognize ourselves, recognize our families. We are going to have a sense of familiarity, right? So we're going to understand that this is uh, where we live. This is our family. This is what we do. This is what we don't do. And we are still going to know and understand everything else. And in Revelations 21, 2, which is just above the one that I read, says, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. Right? This reveals a new Jerusalem, a new earth, complete restoration. Right? Um, so it's not us having something strange and being in a place where we're confined and no longer able to move or do anything and just worshiping the king day in and day out. That's far from the truth. So that's the first perspective I'd like us to have a look at. Remember that everything will be made new, that we'll be in a place where there is no sorrow, there is complete joy. No hunger does not mean we will not eat. It just means that there'll be everything that you need. You'll, you'll be well fed. I mean, right after the rapture, the word of God says we're going to have a feast, right? That means we're going to eat. In our glorious bodies in heaven, we're going to have a feast. So can you imagine if God is so creative on earth right now, what kind of feast we're going to have? It's going to be amazing and it's going to be beautiful, right? Another thing that I'd love for us to have a look at is investing towards our future and our eternity. It's easy for us to think that our lives are going to end and we're going to have a kind of a different life. So it's like you see it as an, the life on the other side, right? That's what most people say. But I'd love for you today to have a look at it as a continuation of your life. It's not that it's going to end and then you're going to start all over again, but it's going to be a continuation of what you've already done and achieved on this earth. So once you are saved and have this new life in Christ, you are guaranteed an eternal life with him in heaven but you're guaranteed an eternal life even if you're not saved so it's just a continuation of your life it's just going to a different place but still knowing and having knowledge of yourself and knowledge of your life and knowledge of your life on earth right so i want us to take a look at our calling 
as the first investment towards our eternal life. Ephesians 4, 1, Paul says, Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. Right? So this says, you need to find your calling and you need to walk in your calling in a manner that glorifies God because our calling is a way to invest, right? If we do our work here, we will be rewarded. Philippians 3, 14, again, Paul says, I press towards the goal for the price of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Our calling has a reward in heaven. And if you do not find your calling, you are basically letting go of your goal and your price, which is going to be received in eternity in heaven. Right? Um, so I, I would urge you and everybody that's listening to this to find your calling. Be faithful in your calling. We know of um, certain parables that Jesus spoke about of servants who were given talents and they had to multiply it. This was not for the master. This was actually for the servants because whoever multiplied was entrusted with more and whoever did not multiply, even the little that they had was taken away. That's exactly what's going to happen in eternal life. You can be in eternity in heaven, in the new Jerusalem, and not have anything. But you could still be there and be trusted with more. And, and you have multiplied whatever that God has given you on earth. And that has translated into rewards in eternity. Okay, so the next point that I'd like us to have a look at is saving up for heavenly rewards, right? So we've spoken about the calling. So when you are functioning in your calling, that is in itself a reward and you're still going to be rewarded and receive a prize in heaven. But there's another way that you can actually guarantee savings in heaven. So we'll take a look at Luke 12, 33. And it says, so this was the parable of money and possessions where Jesus was talking about uh, not worrying about what you have and not worrying about uh, anything else, uh, whether you're going to eat, uh, what you're going to drink and all of that, right? Because there's more to life than just food and drink. And then he goes on to say that you need to seek first the kingdom of heaven and everything else shall follow. So I'm going to read 33 and it says, Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourself that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. So here Jesus gives us the best financial advice you ever receive in your life, right? So giving to the poor, giving to the poor is like storing up treasure in heaven. This is like you 
saving up money towards your retirement, right? But now this is actually an even better retirement scheme because your treasures in heaven will never be stolen. It will never be destroyed. It is eternal, right? So giving to the poor is something that we should do as, I mean, all brethren. But for Jesus to even advise that you sell your possessions, this shows that nothing on earth is worth having right now, but you should instead try to save up towards eternal life. Use whatever you have now in order for you to save up towards a life that is never ending. So this is like somebody who receives an income now and says, you know what? I'm not going to buy a car. I'm not going to buy a house. I'm just going to take my salary and I'm going to save it towards my retirement. By the time they decide to retire, and let's say they retire and live forever, then they have way more money than they could ever even imagine or way more money than their other counterparts. So that is something that Jesus advises us to do right and this is also having an eternal perspective knowing that every act of kindness sacrifice and obedience is an investment with eternal dividends proverbs 19:17 says if you help the poor you are lending to the lord and he will repay you so we can take a look at this as an investment right and that's exactly what it is if you lend to the poor the lord is the one who will repay you and the lord repays us tenfold 20fold so it's always worth it to invest with the lord okay so the other perspective that i would love for us to have a look at is suffering with an eternal perspective I have struggled with this for a while because I've always felt like why do we have to suffer? Why do we have to suffer on earth? What's the whole purpose of us being here if we're going to suffer, right? And what does Jesus mean that we're blessed? Um Luke 6:20 to 23 says, "And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed be ye poor, for yours is the kingdom of god blessed are ye that hunger now for ye shall be filled blessed are ye that weep now for ye shall laugh blessed are ye when men shall hate you and when they shall separate you from their company and shall reproach you and cast your name out as evil for the son of man's sake rejoice ye in that day and leap for joy for behold your reward is great in heaven for in the like manner that their fathers unto the prophets so this can be like whoa i mean why am i leaping for joy why am i happy why am i rejoicing why am i blessed for suffering right if people mock you if they insult you if they persecute you if you're poor if you're hungry right now you're blessed what well jesus encourages us because this world 
will have a lot of struggles. We will suffer, we will struggle. That is a guarantee, right? Because the enemy is here and we're fighting and we're trying our best to survive through this, right? We have sinned. We have fallen short of the glory of God, but we've received the gift of the Holy uh, of of eternal life through Jesus and the sacrifice that he made. But that doesn't mean that everything is going to go well. That doesn't mean that automatically we're going to live a very great life and nothing is going to be wrong. It only guarantees us eternal life. But there will still be persecutions on this earth, right? Jesus even says in Luke 9, 23, if you want to follow him, you will have to die to self daily. And by dying, you actually live. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. So on this earth, we have to die to ourselves. We have to let go of the idea of living happily on this earth. I mean, ultimately, what can you do to a dead man? You cannot offend them. You cannot kill them. You cannot harm them. You cannot persecute them. You cannot do anything to a dead man. And that's how we should be living. And I'm not saying, hear me, I'm not saying we need to let go and just suffer and struggle. But this just helps us to embrace all the struggles that we're going to face because, man, they are going to come. We're going to face hurt and disappointment and trouble. We're going to be insulted. We're going to be this and this and that because of Jesus. Because the world never loved Jesus. Why would the, the world love us? right so it's actually insane for us to think that if we are followers of a man that was hated we're going to be loved or that the world is going to be kind to us unfortunately that's not going to happen so while we're at it we have the comfort of compensation and this is the beauty of our father who is in heaven. He promises that we are going to have an eternal compensation, an eternal reward for all our suffering, right? Okay, let's take a look at the definition of a compensation. A compensation is a reward or benefit received by someone as a result of being harmed or injured on behalf of a person or organization or within the care or service of the person or organization within which you were harmed. So if I get harmed within the care and as a result of Jesus Christ, then I am guaranteed, I'm entitled to a compensation, right? Um, and not entitled in a bad way, but because Jesus promised that we'll be compensated, that's the beauty of all of our struggles right now, that we are going to be compensated for all our troubles and for all our struggles. So this is one way to look at all the problems that come your way. I mean, I for one 
like I said in the beginning, struggled with the concept of suffering. And I looked at Paul and all the disciples and felt like, whoa, that was just too much. I'm, I'm wondering if they said that, um, you know, I'm the, I'm the slave of the Lord. Whatever happens to me, it's okay. I'm willing to die and I'm willing to suffer and I'm willing to do this and that. I just, I struggled with that concept until I understood that, okay, we are guaranteed struggles and suffering on earth, but we're going to be compensated for that. The more struggles you have, the more compensation you get. So it makes it a lot easier when you have an eternal perspective rather than an 80-year kind of perspective where you're like the first 10 years of my life were miserable and the next 30 years were just like horrible as well am I never gonna have joy of course not I mean you're gonna have eternal joy and you're gonna be looking behind at the 80 years and laughing at the millionth year in eternity and that's just facts all right. And finally, I would love for us to look at building, right? And building in eternity or building with the perception of eternity includes everything that we've spoken about. So this means your calling, your suffering, um, your giving and everything else that you do. First Corinthians 3 uh, 10 to 15. Please read the whole thing. Um, and it says, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss and yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through flames okay so this one is very clear and straightforward we are builders when we're here we have the foundation which is jesus what are we building on what are we building we're building um in the body of christ how are we building our calling we need to make sure that our calling is rooted in jesus christ and our calling is um not motivated by our own selfish desires, but motivated by Christ and the glory of God, right? So are you singing so that you can become famous and rich? Or are you singing to spread the gospel and to change people's lives and to impact people and to glorify God, right? Are you using your calling um, in a manner that truly glorifies the Lord? And then it comes to giving and uh, suffering. When you're suffering, there's people that suffer because of self-pity. And you're just pitying yourself and you have a pity party and this and this and that. But there's people who genuinely suffer 
because they're in Christ and they're suffering for the gospel. So everything that we do, your giving, your, your caring for others, your calling, every single thing that we do is towards building, right? This body of Christ and your contributions will be rewarded. But if your work is worth nothing, it will be burned up and you will just be saved. But I mean, the word says it'll be as one escaping through the flames. So that is just something that is not very nice to imagine and something that you absolutely do not want to be um, caught up in. Right. So just check your motives and check whatever that it is that you're doing check if you're actually have you actually have good motives if you're rooted in Christ and if everything is built on the foundation which is Jesus Christ right 2 Corinthians 4:16 to 18 says therefore we do not lose heart Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and our momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. This is the last scripture I'd love to leave you with, that we need to focus on what is unseen because it helps us to achieve an eternal glory that far outweighs them all, right? We fix our eyes not on the temporary, but what on what is unseen and what is eternal. We need to remember, Our afflictions right now are insignificant compared to the eternal weight of glory. It doesn't deny our troubles. It magnifies the importance of what truly matters. You see, having an eternal perspective isn't about neglecting our lives here on earth. It's about living with intentionality, right? It's about... um, having this beautifully encapsulated concept of eternal life, which urges us to make the most of what we have, considering our future position in eternity. So we need to use our resources now and our talents and our calling and everything that we have for the glory of God. We need to be obedient, faithful, and everything that we do, should be like thinking of eternity. What will you be doing? Where are you going to be in the first billion years of eternity? And that's the question that I leave to you today. Okay. And that marks the end of our conversation. I hope that this resonated with you, that it helped you to change your perception and to just you know, give you more of a clear picture of eternity that from today onwards, you're going to look at your life, not in a perspective of 80 years, but an eternal perspective. 
Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Kingdom Personified podcast. I would love to say a small little prayer with you, if you do not mind. Um, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray that whoever is listening to this podcast may have an eternal perspective, a perspective of joy, happiness, a world where there's no sorrow or suffering, a world of peace, a world of happiness, that we may look at our lives today, not in a perspective of 80 years, but the perspective of eternity, the eternity that you have put in our hearts. Father, may we understand that every action, everything that we do counts and that our building will be inspected. May we do everything unto your glory today, now and forevermore. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Oh, I'm so excited and I'm so grateful um, for having listeners on this podcast i'm so grateful for you if you're listening and i hope that you've been inspired to adopt an eternal perspective and live with intentionality if you enjoyed today's content don't forget to like comment share and subscribe for more transformative discussions where we nurture our kingdom nature Until we meet again, stay kingdom-minded.